This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Changing Channels. As the lady said, I'm Larry Walsh. And today we have what is a, I consider to be a special topic because it's something that is on everyone's mind is how do we drive better customer experience through the channel? Everyone has heard the expression that the customer is always right. Well, in practice, we know that that's not true. What is true is that the customer experience with a company is what makes a huge difference in whether they buy the first time and repeat doing business. As the technology market transitions to service-based models, customer experience is becoming paramount as a value proposition. Services success is largely driven on how a customer perceives the value of a technology in the functionality, features, outcomes, and most importantly, ease of use. When partners are a part of the service delivery, customers include in their experience perceptions things like accessibility, support, communications, and responsiveness. Vendors across the industry are exploring how to incorporate customer experience into their channel models. Telling partners to focus on customer experiences and outcomes is easy, but delivering on that promise isn't. Account management and customer relationship only goes so far. Customer expectations are that the provider, whether a vendor or a partner, will work to ensure they get the best value out of their services investments. A vendor leading the charge in the customer experience as a channel value proposition is Cisco. Cisco has long supported partners in the delivery of services based on their products. Now, rather than having partners react to service events and requests, Cisco is enabling partners to use the data intelligence derived from services to better understand and anticipate customer needs and take proactive measures. The intended result is a better overall experience and value because the partner takes action before customers know they have problems. Cisco, like other vendors, recognize engagement and attention to customer needs is critical to building and maintaining successful services models. Ensuring partners can meet in these evolving customer experience expectations is the mission of the global CX partner practice at Cisco. And joining us to talk about how Cisco translates customer experience into, channel, into the channel is the vice president of global CX partner practice, our old friend, Denzel Samuels. Denzel, welcome to Changing Channels. Hey. Thanks, Larry. Great to see you again. How are you? Uh, it's great to see you. Great to have you here. Now, Denzel, when you and I first met, God, I, I don't even want to say when. It's been a while. You were the channel chief at a communications company. We won't say which one, but it's you know, a bit in your rearview mirror. But that's a far cry from what you're doing now at Cisco and driving customer experience through partners. Before we get into the, the meat of our conversation, I'm just curious, how did that evolution start? How did that evolution happen? How did you go from being a, a channel tree driving sales to a channel practitioner driving experience? Yeah, the uh, great question, actually, and it's one I've been asked a few times. It, it started because years ago, and we won't share how many years ago, when, when we were working together, um, what I was doing then was very much leading a channel uh, globally that was selling hardware. And, you know, my time working in software companies since then, um, it just all came to a very fruitful uh, uh, opportunity here with Cisco to combine the world of hardware and software and solutions into really creating the right customer experience through the channel, through partners for our own customer. So that's really, it's the, it's the getting that exposure 
to the world of software. So one of the things that we hear consistently or persistently nowadays is how important customer experience is to services delivery and service and particularly in cloud and managed services. Uh, Cisco's not a stranger to this. Cisco's had various forms of services for many years. It supported managed service providers in delivering or managing their hardware. Um, it's been delivering services through, uh, through platforms like WebEx for a while, um, but is made a promise. In fact, Chuck Robbins, your CEO, has talked about this a lot recently about pivoting more towards services footing. Um, but where does this, this idea of driving customer experience through services come from? Um, what is the vision that Cisco has for making customer experience a core part of its services value? Yeah, thanks, Larry. I I think it, it starts really with you and I as consumers, right? You and I as consumers, we've seen that experience and the experience we get from a business plays a big part in our decision-making. So same is true with the business-to-business -business customer. As a matter of fact, what we're beginning to see more and more, if you look at pre-COVID, um, customer experience was probably eight or nine on a CEO's checklist or list of priorities. If you look at where we are today, any CEO will tell you that customer experience is one or two, right? We've just had to become better at that because it's been so difficult to maintain those relationships that, that we've had in a digital format, right? It's been, it's been difficult. So then you have to make sure customer experience is pivotal in that. Secondarily though, you also have to be driving outcomes. And the experience that the customer wants now is don't sell me something, show me an outcome, show me how the, the stuff that you're selling to me, whether it's a solution or, a, or hardware or software is going to drive a business outcome for me. It's going to help me reduce my cost. It's going to help me increase my revenue. It's going to help me improve my security. That's what they're looking for. And if you can do that and give them an outcome that's driven by an experience you create for them, you're going to win every time. And that's really at the core of what we're doing here at Cisco. You know, there's, you used a really interesting word, you know, saying that this is a product or the reason why this is important is a product of our consumer experience. Uh, and you and I've had this conversation, we'll share with the people who are joining us now is that we've talked about how some businesses have learned from companies like Uber or Airbnb uh, that customer experience is important. And even before that, you could look and see that within e-commerce models, the entire power of rating systems and, and other customers' co uh, experience comments when they leave uh, notes about how, they, how much they like or dislike a product really does play into other customers' consideration. But this is still somewhat new in a B2B context because it, it's hard to think about customer experience when you're dealing with companies that have thousands of employees, thousands of users that all have varying degrees of exposure. How do you, how do you explain the importance of customer experience to someone who would still be skeptical about it in a B2B context? Yeah, I think the way you explain it, I think we have seen a shift. If you look at the last 10 years, we've seen a shift from a product-driven economy um, to a subscription economy to a consumption economy. And, and today we're very much, in my opinion, a customer experience economy or an experiential economy. 
And, and we see that, as you say, as consumers, but even business to businesses have uh, seen that. But if you look at what Airbnb and Uber have done over the, uh, over the last few years, they've capitalized on that experience, right? They've made, they've made the ease of, of using someone's assets, someone else's assets easier, right? And uh, the experience they've given us has been greater and it's, been, it's resulted in the market capital of those companies which is significantly higher than any of their competitors in some cases put together. Well, we see that also in the business-to-business space. So you see a very large you know, global conglomerate who overnight use, loses a significant chunk of their thermostat market share to an up-and-comer, a 100-person uh, developer company called Nest that was then snapped up by Google. So, you know, you, you can see the power of that, right? Creating experience, being able to change the way you use the thermostat and be able to do it anywhere in the world um, versus looking at a wall and pressing a button. <laughs> right. We've seen that as, as, and you actually see that today in the way that goes on. That's the same with us, right? It, it boils down to productivity of assets. Our customers have Cisco assets, whether they're software assets, network assets, products. And if we can find ways to make those assets more powerful, more productive, to drive business outcomes from them, they will have a great experience and they'll be coming back for more. Yeah. You know, just you using the nest in the thermostat example, maybe think about my father every time we ever went towards the thermostat, you know, he'd always yell at us not to touch it. He would be, I'm sure right now he would be rolling around thinking about us being able to control the thermostat with our phones. Um, One of the things I I get tired of saying this, uh, Denzel, is that when people ask me who does channels well, who does working with partners well, who is a good example of doing whatever, the answer is always Cisco. There is, and this is one of the things that Cisco has been a friend of the channel for decades um, and a very channel-centric company. You've spoken about making the partner the center of everything in what Cisco is doing and offering the partners the ability to define and configure customer experience and, you know, with cloud and services uh, on top of their own capabilities. Um, how, how does that Cisco actually approach this? How is this differing from the way that Cisco has engaged with uh, partners historically? I, I think what's different is that we're growing into this together, right? So the partners, many of the partners have understood lifecycle services for a long time. They're not foreign to that. Many of the partners over the last several years have morphed into being service providers, um, not just simply resellers. So I think the way that we have embraced this and, and we're asking our partners to embrace this is to, as you said earlier, put them in the middle of all we're doing right? And give them choice. There are always going to be things that Cisco is very, very good at and will do on behalf of the partners. But more and more, the partners want to feel relevant. They want to know that they have a differentiation. They want to be able to take that Cisco fabric that we give them or that Cisco solution that we give them and layer on their own services that add real value to the end customer. And as I mentioned before, value that helps that customer really realize the, the, the essence of what they bought and drive outcomes with it. And our partners know that in this world, that they have to have real value that they're showing to those 
to those end customers, you know, driving that customer experience. So we're in this together, and the partners have responded fabulously to this. As a matter of fact, they are growing with us uh, on this journey. So we're, we're learning together, and we're driving this together on our journey. Denzel, one of the things you mentioned there is the ability for partners to use the capabilities that you're providing to build on top of the things, the services that they provide. And one of the things that you, you and Cisco talk about is the ability to leverage data intelligence to be proactive in, uh, in driving the customer service, in driving customer service and driving, driving the service delivery. But one of the things that partners talk about is needing better guidance and understanding about what to do with the data. It's a lot of information that's coming through these services and making sense of it in, you know, in terms of being reactive, much less proactive is not, the easiest, is not the easiest thing to do. What are some of the things that Cisco is doing with partners that can make them more proactive to be more productive and anticipatory of the customer needs uh, based on this data stream from services? Yeah, that's the exciting part of this whole uh, digital transformation. The example I gave that we gave uh, we talked about earlier was the Airbnb, uh, the Uber example. Well, if you look at what's at the heart of those two examples, as in, as in fact in the example of Nest, you have a digital platform, right? And that digital platform is collecting telemetry information and data, right? So. If you look at our world and what we're doing with the partners, we have a digital platform. In fact, we have two digital platforms that are very harmonious with each other. One is what we call CX Cloud, and that is our customer data. And we have PX Cloud, which is our partner digital platform, which actually encompasses the customer data. Now, why is this important? <clears throat> because as you mentioned, quite rightly, Larry, data in itself is actually meaningless. It only adds value when you run analytics on it and you now have some insights into what's going on with that particular customer. And what the partners love about what we're doing with them right now and the pilots we've been running and the rollout that we're starting is that we have the opportunity to go share the insights with the partners and show them how those insights trigger actions and the actions trigger outcomes. And by the way, those actions are the partner services that will help drive the outcomes. So that's what's different. And the way we help them on this journey is we share everything we're doing. We've, we've opened up our use cases, our case studies. We've shown them the telemetry and data. We've shown them the insights. We've shown them how we can give return on investment to the customer and the partners are chomping at the bit for this because they've been waiting for this. This is, this is really industry leading. You know, you do offer partner choice in all this is that it's not an all or nothing proposition is that you do allow partners to continue on with traditional models. And then you also enable them to be reactive, predictive and prescriptive based on the data. Do you find, are you finding already that there is a Delta in terms of partner performance or what their returns are based on those that make the choice to go become more customer experience focused and prescriptive or proactive? Yeah, I think we do. But I think also part of it is timing, Larry. You know, there are some partners. So if you look at this model that we're building, we are effectively moving from a hardware reactive support model. Um, we're not even moving to proactive. We're moving to predictive. And the insights and analytics drive us 
you know, into this kind of software-based predictive world. There are some partners who the majority of their business is still very much in hardware support. And so for them to make the transition just may take longer. The, the power of what we're doing is choice. If you want to continue to do hardware support, you can. There's no penalization, right? You can. There are a lot of customers that that's all they want. If you want to make the evolution to software and solution support and then lifecycle services and then business critical services, you can do that too. And you can do it in your time and you can do it at a rate that allows you to maintain your revenues, to maintain your profitability. So again, at the heart of this is the partner and the partner has the choice. We're not forcing them to do anything. We're giving them the opportunity to do it all. So the partner gets, as you've described here, the partner is getting a, a, a access to new opportunities, new resources, and potentially greater returns based on what their, their engagement with their customer. What does Cisco get out of this? Because this is an investment on Cisco's part. It has to have some level of definable return, correct? It does. It does. Everything has to have some level of return. I, you, you heard the age-old adage that a happy customer stays with you, right? Well, look, if you've got a customer who's just realized that the assets they bought or the assets they're about to buy have made them so much more for productive, right, in all the outcome areas that we talked about earlier, they're going to adopt, they're going to embrace what you've been selling them. They're going to use your solutions more. And what does that result in? Hopefully, a customer that keeps coming back, right? A customer that's renewing, a customer that's returning, a customer that over time maybe even be buying more. So if we've, if we've armed a partner army to do what we've done and what we've seen, that army is going to be more successful with our partners because we can now do it at scale. Yeah. One of the things that our research here at Channelnomics has found is that there is a, there is a correlation between, between customer experience and renewal rates or account retention. Um, one of the things that our research has, has seen is that partners do need to do a better job at this. And beca you know, because a lot of this is the development of services to the channel has been built around the, uh, predicated on automation rather than driving the services downstream. So I completely agree with you is that it is an anticipatory benefit that you will retain customers, they'll renew business and will open up for horizontal sales. At least that's what the promise should be. Um, I am curious though, is how does Cisco measure whether or not this is working? Because one of the things that does that does uh, challenge vendors, at least in the conversations we've been having across the industry, is understanding how or having a mechanism that can accurately engage with customers, understand what their experience through the channel is over time, over the lifetime of the engagement. It's it's relatively easy to or simpler to measure the journey up to the point of the initial transaction. What happens after gets much harder. It, it, it does. And, and I think that, you know, we have a number of ways that we do that. Uh, and we do that with the partner, right? We do that through um, surveys, voice of the partner, voice of the customer. But we also have this incredible digital interaction still where we can get real-time information from the customer and from the partner through the digital portal and the, and the platforms that we've built. So we have lots of mechanisms, you know, as well as leveraging third parties 
um, to help us understand what's going on. Are we being successful? And we're only going to be successful if the end customer is successful. We're driving the outcomes for the end customer. And the same way too for our partners. If they're driving the outcomes we expect, then we'll be successful. That's why um, video testimonials, use cases, you know, understanding that the case studies where we say we can drive that sort of return on investment, are we driving it, right? Um, and, and I think we have um, a myriad of programs that allow us to do that and do that very successfully with both the partner and the, and the customer. So how, do, how does Cisco convey the value of customer experience or how do you advise partners to convey the value of their customer experience as a value proposition to their customers? Is this something that is going to be a differentiator? Uh, you know, over the years, I've heard Cisco say many times to partners to, you know, that they need to take and take steps to stand out from their competitors, whether it's other par Cisco partners or whether it's the broader channel. Um, you know, there's also the idea that if you've specialized, then that will give you a leg up in certain in certain customer engagements. But do you envision customer experience or the experience with other customers becoming a differentiating value proposition for partners? Yeah, I I think um, you mentioned this at the beginning of the of the conversation that we're leading the way. I, I really do believe we're leading the way. I, I think that. This is all about the customer journey experience, right? From, and if you take the traditional I layer, right? From identify, land, adopt, expand, and renew. At every touch point along, we call it the racetrack. At every touch point along that racetrack, at every pit mm -hmm. stop in that racetrack, what is the experience that that customer is having? Are we driving value for them? And if we can think about it that way, if we can think about every step of that end-to-end -end customer journey experience, we drive a very, very different value proposition for that customer. And our partners are understanding that. Our partners are absolutely embracing that. And Larry, you, you know, in a company as large as Cisco, it, it starts with, with teaching ourselves, right? It starts with educating our own employees. Every single employee that touches the partner or touches the customer that's who we need to really train and enable first as we take this message out further. Is that changing the way that you're, you're redefining your account manager's roles and their mission and the way that you're assessing the value of partners then? Yeah, I think our account managers fully understand the value of partners. So from that perspective, we're not changing anything, but we are beginning to change the way the account managers think about the customer experience. Because in the past, they would think of the partner as a reseller. And now they have to think of the partner as someone that will complement what we're doing, what we're doing in order to drive a greater customer experience. So that, that part is, is an ongoing education for all sides, for the partners too. Do you see Cisco at some point or you think vendors in general will use customer experience or the feedback from customers as a means of, of evaluating the value and the performance of partners and segmenting them into different classes or tracks and channel programs? I think, I think that will, that's a natural thing that will happen. And I think actually the partners will segment themselves into categories. There are partners that are going to say, Hey, look, I don't want to do the full life cycle. I'm a great reseller. I'm, I, know, I know that business. I'm going to stick to that business. That's all I'm going to do. 
There are going to be other partners who will just stay in the hardware traditional support business. And there'll be other partners that want to go into the DevNet space and develop applications, right? And become an independent software vendor. So I think it's going to be across the board. I think the partners ultimately will segment themselves based upon their business model and their tolerance for the amount of investment they want to make. So Denzel, this is not a new initiative, but it is an initiative that is gaining, gaining steam as it's going along with Cisco is really making a point of accentuating the, uh, the need for better customer experience, for partners to drive the experience down through the services and through their own, through different types of engagements. How do you see this evolving over the next five to 10 years? You know, what, what do you think we're going to be, um, how do you think we're going to be measuring this? How do we think it's going to influence the customers? And what do you think it's going to look like as a, as in terms of importance of the partner's value proposition? Well, I, I think the partner's relevance with the customer is going to continue to grow, right? especially if they're adding value and especially if, if they're differentiating. Um, I, so I think that the, va the value the partners can bring is going to change, and, but it's going to grow. And the reason I say that is because when you start to look at the world of insights based upon that digital information and you start to trigger new actions that action is white space, right? The, or the action or service is a white space. So what are you effectively doing? You're actually growing the target addressable market for that partner, right? And because you're helping that partner now grow that target addressable market, what they're actually, the conversations they're going to be having with that customer are very different than the conversations maybe they'd be having that customer 10 years ago. What you're effectively doing is you're giving them a larger economic landscape in which to go and make profit. And so I think, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to segment themselves on which space they actually want to go after. But we're giving them a lot more target addressable market to go after with this approach. So I've said this a couple of times over the course of this conversation, that Cisco is not alone in looking at customer experience as a channel value proposition or even an assessment metric, um, but it is challenging to many. They haven't quite figured out how to do this. And of course, as Cisco really is out in front on this. Denzel, what advice would you give one of your peers if they're looking at customer experience uh, as an element for their channel program? What would you tell them to do first? Well, I, I, I guess the, you know, one of the things that I always look at just from an industry perspective, right, is what's been going on in the industry. What, what lessons can we learn from what's happened in the way we interact as consumers, right? And, and based upon that, what are the things I have to think about first that I have to put in place to be successful? And we, from a Cisco perspective, the way we've looked at this is we've said, we have to have data that's consolidated, that's integrated, that's understandable, that's meaningful. We have to have analytics. We have to have a digital platform that enables us to, to take that information and make it very, very powerful for ourselves, for our customers, and also for our partner ecosystem. But at the same time, we have to change the culture of an organization. And it's that cultural revolution that's going on within Cisco that I think puts us ahead of anyone right now because that cultural revolution has started with Chuck and with Maria 
and with the entire leadership team and it's trickling down throughout the entire organization. And, and then that to me, you know, we can talk about technology as much as we want, but this is a cultural revolution. And, and, and that to me is the huge differentiator on what Cisco is doing today. I have, I have one last question for you is you have been seemingly from the outside looking in this, you've made, Cisco has made this look somewhat easy. What has been the biggest challenge you've faced in developing this program, making customer experience a, a core of your go-to-market with partners? Well, I, I, I think one of the things that I love about Cisco, and I've only been here for eight months now, but what I love about Cisco is this incredible collaborative culture that's been created, right? So you come up with an idea and instead of it being shot down, people actually huddle and say, well, how can we make that happen? And when you're in an environment where everyone's trying to contribute to an end solution, right? No one's criticizing or judging, but everyone's saying, well, how do we make that happen? That kind of sounds interesting. And if this, if this happens, this could be remarkable for the company. And you see that, by the way, across the board within the company, even the acquisitions we've made, you know, the Thousand Eyes and uh, Meraki. If you look at the culture of the company, it's a collaborative brainstorming, ideation, roll up the sleeves, let's be different. It, it's an incredible culture. So Denzel Samuel, I really appreciate you joining us here on Changing Channels. I hope you had a good experience here. I did, Larry. Thanks. It's great to re-engage with you and you're asking all the right questions and uh, appreciate the time. Thank you. Everyone, thanks again for Denzel Samuels, the Vice President of Global Customer Experience Partner Practice at Cisco. And I just want to say again, as everyone knows, technology is changing the world and changing the way we go to market. And we'll keep talking about this evolution here at Changing Channels. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.